So we're going to go ahead and introduce our guest of honor, Mr. and Mrs. Paul and Lauren Artino. Give them a hand, y'all, please. How you guys doing? We're, we're good. <laughs> don't, don't, don't start. Don't start. So uh, I'm going to kind of get this thing rolling. And then as you guys are texting in these questions, we will. Uh, just, just if you guys do not text in questions, this could be a super short night. <laughs> so, which maybe that's what you want. And we're okay with that too. But this, uh, the more you will get out of this, whatever you put into it. Good. You like All that? right. Yeah. Okay. yeah that, that, definitely better than my intro. All right. So uh, first question. How do you know when you're ready to date? What happened? How did we first meet? <laughs> oh, you told me that I was see, the first question. I see what kind of night this is going to be. Yeah, this, I know. This, this I is know. great. I didn't want to have that question. <laughs> this is great. This is great. I'm going to just sit back and watch this. All right. How do we meet? Well, my version is different than yours. Oh, we, met, oh. we met on a boat. I'm on a boat. <laughs> Do we have that picture of him in his bandana? No, no? we don't. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we met on a boat, and you were the ski instructor. We were working at a Christian camp. This actually can tie into how you know when you're ready to date. I would love to hear how you tie it oh, I'm going to tie this in. in. Um, yeah, it was not love at first sight. Rude. <laughs> it's rude. <laughs> It took, it took like the summer, um, but I do think, going back to um, how you know when you're ready to date, a lot of that has to do with you knowing what kind of person you're looking for, um, the relationship that you currently have with the Lord, um, and I think that's what I saw from you that summer, was I saw you love Jesus hard, and from afar, I got to watch you. Like, I got to watch your relationship with the Lord. I got to watch you serve others. I got to watch you interact with um, different people in different life stages, and um, yeah, I think that's how we first met and how I finally decided I liked you. <laughs> Ooh. Is Go that ahead. <laughs> you, you don't want to. So how, do, how does that answer the? Well, now you get to go. <laughs> yeah okay so <laughs> we we were working together at this uh at this christian camp i actually that was the summer that i came to know jesus so and just so you know a lot i know not everybody in the room is a jesus follower but what we are going to try to answer these questions tonight from a christian or biblical perspective so some of that stuff you'll agree with some of that stuff you won't we totally understand that but just so you know when we answer these questions we're going to try our best not to just simply give you our opinion tonight um, because we made every single conceivable mistake that you can make in dating so if there is a if there is a failure to be made in dating we did it if there is a struggle to be had in a relationship or in a marriage, we've had almost all of them. Um, and we've been married for 12 years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> get that right. And we've married for 12 years, so we're by no means experts, but we have spent um, enough time together. And um, as, a, as a pastor, I've interacted with quite a few people and kind of help them work through their relationships and things like that. So th that's just a little bit of kind of, I guess, ground rules and, and places and things like and things like that. Some things, you know, 
you're going to ask some questions that maybe like the Bible doesn't have a verse for. So we're going to try our best just to ap apply biblical wisdom. We won't give you a chapter and verse for that. We'll try to apply biblical wisdom or our experience through that. So you take all that stuff with a grain of salt. So anyway, so we, we met... Um, we met that summer, and we talked about this a little bit in the series, and, and this is what one thing that, that Lauren said that I totally agree with, is when you can interact with somebody in the context of service to others, that really does allow you to see, I think, the truest sense of a person. Um, because service to others, like self-sacrificing and service to others, puts you in a place of tension and like tension brings out the best part of you and tension can also bring out some of the like the worst parts of you but I think you get to really see like a true sense of person and if you want to have a really great marriage um, you want to be always trying to like outserve one another and so if you can wait what it's being recorded. You don't worry. You can go back and hear that again. But but you really do like you want to um you want to find the person who's like already in like a place of service um, outside of outside of marriage because when you get married you, you that's that's really is the healthiest happiest marriages are where people are trying to kind of serve each other. Um, going back to like that that question of like when do you know that you're ready to to date someone? I think what Lauren said is is really true first and and I've I've said it like this which is probably more confusing than anything but um are you the person you're looking for is looking for right so everybody has like kind of like this idealized version of the person that they want and if you're a follower of Jesus you have like this perfect person they're like the perfect christian per person right and you're like that's the person that I want but you yourself aren't living anything like that. And so why would that person that you're looking for be looking for you? Um, and, and so it's a lot of, okay, I'm spending more time trying to be the right person than trying to find the right person. And I think when you put more effort into growing in who you are as a son or daughter um, of, of God, when, you put, when you're putting more effort that, that when that's kind of higher on your list of things that you're pouring into or displaying energy in your life than like just trying to find another person to be with that that to me is kind of like when you're trending on the right on the right track if you have a history um like current history like as in today where there's a huge lack of self-control in your life um the the Galatians when it talks about like the fruits of the spirit and the fruits of the flesh and we and we talked about this last week um if if you're with us like if there's more fruit of the flesh that's showing up in your life rather than fruits of the spirit, things like peace and joy and love and um, those things that are listed in, in Galatians, then I would say you're not ready to, you're not ready to date. I would just add one more thing. Um, I, I think, it, just piggybacking off what you said, like, if I were to ask you something, where does your security lie? Like, does it lie in your relationship status? Does it rely in how long you've been with someone, does it, does it rely on, we're, we're getting close, we're going to get engaged, this is going to happen. I think knowing in your mind when you're ready to date, a big part of that is being secure in your relationship with the Lord, which that ebbs and flows like day by day, moment by moment. But I think having um, just a solid, I know who I am in the Lord, and that's where my security lies, then you're not putting that weight on another person, and so you're not going into a dating relationship or that realm thinking this person's gonna 
this person's going to complete me. This person's going to make me feel this way. This person, essentially, you want them, you're looking for them to be security. Um, so that's where I would ask myself, too, is, like, what, where is my security lie? And that's a good place to be. If you're like, yeah, it's in the Lord, and I'm confident in who he is, and I guess that's a good question. Yeah, totally. Uh, that, that whole like, idea of identity is just so important. I mean, we could have a full-on whole discussion all tonight just about, like, where your identity lies. I think that's absolutely foundational to any relationship, but certainly in a dating relationship, and if you're dating with the intention that someday we are going to get married, and if your identity is placed in anything else, any person, place, or thing other than Jesus Christ, it's always, the bottom is always going to fall out of that. And it's going to fall out of that if you're just on, fall out from under you, if it's just you, if you're attached to another person, it's like it's going to fall out from underneath you and you're going to drag somebody else down with you. Great, 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 great. So now moving into uh, if you're dating, what are the signs that you're moving too fast? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um. I think number one sign is you're asking that question. Um, you and I mean, I have an answer. I'm going to sound like an old man, but you okay. go ahead. You sound like an old man, and then I'll sound better. Cool. Um, I just, here's the thing. I'm, I'm not a prude, but I am, I have done enough stupid things and felt the pain of it. So that's where this comes from. But I think Whenever you over physicalize, which is a made up word. <laughs> Thank um, you for that, by the way. <laughs> Shane and I have a contest who can make up the most words. <laughs> He's definitely winning. Um, over sexualize, like the faster you introduce um, sex or like just kind of a, that, that physical life into the relationship. I think the more detrimental it is to the relationship outside the context of married of marriage. If you're if you're married, I mean, you do whatever you want. But outside the context of marriage, I I just think I think those things are well, like way too fast. There's other kind of obvious ones which hopefully you kind of like have a little feel for. Like if it's second date and you tell her that you love her, that might be that seems a little fast for me. Um, but like the most common one, and I realize this is unpopular, the most common one for me is like the faster I move it into the physical place, um, I just think the worse it is for a relationship. If you're trying to have a relationship that honors God and that's healthy and that's, you know, not going to be a complete dumpster fire. Yes, I think that's probably number one. I also think socially, um, when you start to, almost, same idea, when you start to act more like a couple, more like a married couple than just like a dating couple. So like if you start relying on each other financially, if you start isolating from everyone else around you, um, I think that those are warning signs too. You're not married. Like that's not your one person. So I think those, that would be something too to say, hey, like we don't hang out with anyone else anymore. We're not letting people into, you know, to speak into our life. Maybe we're making some, like, really, like, life big decisions together. Um, and, you know, there's nothing to hold you two together. So I would say that's that, That's actually really good um, because you was talking earlier, Paul, about um, 
you know, making some mistakes um, from past relationships. And I know that was one of my mistakes of being isolated um, and, and not being around a community of believers or being around your friends, for that matter, to be able to speak into the relationship. So what what, what kind of boundaries, and now this is kind of off the top of my head, so, so y'all can write this down. <laughs> what kind of boundaries would you set up for to, to protect that, that feeling of being um, moving too fast or, or having a married-like relationship but just only dating? Let's approach it positively. So okay. boundaries are like, what are all the things that we should stay away from? And that's that, I understand that perspective, but at least for me, that perspective has never worked. Because someone sets up a boundary and they're like, hey, don't go past that. Then what my tendency would be like, well, I'm going to go all the way up towards that, right? So like the kind of, the, what a common question, maybe this is a question that gets texted in tonight or whatever, um, but that I, I get asked all the time is, well, how far can I go, right? No one ever asks me, or at least they haven't asked me, like, how can my boyfriend and I, my girlfriend and I, most display the glory of God? How can we most, like, strive for holiness in our relationship? How can we most, you know, like, image Jesus to our friends and to the world? And, like, no one's really asking those questions. It's just like, how much can we touch each other? And, like, should we, you know, can we kiss? Can we stay up late together? Can we, you know watch movies at each other's house, you know, till uh, 1 a.m. or whatever. And I just like, I mean, <laughs> I just, I feel like that's the wrong question. So, so posit, so rather than like the negative of like, what are the boundaries I should set up? Like, I might just turn it around and just say, what are some of like the positive things we can really aim for? Like, what are the things that can truly be counter culture in dating? Like, how can we date that's just radically different than how the world dates. I mean, as, a, as followers of Jesus, you're supposed to be a set-apart people. So what does set-apart dating look like? And kind of engage your imagination the other way. Maybe it's not as fun as, like, you know, thinking about, well, how much slow-necking can I do? But they don't know what that is. No, Could you explain what that is? <laughs> where babies come from. Oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> Moving right along then. Well, uh, actually, oh. something that you said. Slow necking? No, no, <laughs> sorry. Um, no, how to, what did you say? How to date ra like radically different? Mm -hmm. And the first thing that popped in my mind was it's not just about us, <laughs> which is what I think we approach dating like, right? Like it's about like me and you. It's about us getting to know each other. It's just like this is about us and heading in a certain direction. Um, and I think you can turn it, and again, we've already said it, like seeing you, you know, each other in service, but like, how can it not just be about you? And part of that is inviting people into your life, having a small group, having mentors, having people come alongside you and speak into your life, or again, like you guys choose to do something to serve others. But I, I do think that that is, dating can be especially if you're like exclusively dating something that's inward and um, can become exclusive and um, just very you focused. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, if you're in here and you're like, someday I would like to be married. And if you're a Christian, you're like, I would not just like to be married, but I'd like to have a marriage that's like a great, great marriage. The things that you do now in dating are the things that you will carry forward into your marriage. Could you say that one more time? Because somebody need to hear that. Say, say that one more time. I was looking at you when I said oh. that. 
The things that you do now in, in, in dating are the things that you're going to carry forward into marriage. So if your dating life is like one failure after another, like one unrepentant, unconfessed, hiding sin after another, after another, after another, you will carry that into your marriage. If you're dating someone who does not have self-control now, they do not magically gain self-control when they say, I do. Just think about that. If you're dating somebody who has a pornography addiction now, right, and you just think, well, once they're married, that'll just go away. If you're dating somebody who's like crazy insecure right now, or who lies right now, or who whatever, insert whatever the thing is right now, and you just think marriage will fix that, it will not. It will highlight it, and it, and it will attach you to it. You, you will be bound to that. They're already bound by it. You'll be bound to it. Now, it doesn't mean that failure is fatal, and if you have any of those particular struggles that I mentioned, that you're automatically disqualified from being married because that's not true. There's, there's grace and there is forgiveness and there's mercy and there's freedom from all of those things, from all of those things. But those things are not fixed by marriage. They're fixed by Jesus. And until you go to him as the restorer, as the repairer, and as the freedom bringer, of those things, and instead you look to this other person that you're with, or you look to the ideal of the next status in your life, uh, yeah, it's just, it'll just get messier and messier. Bro, that's, that's, you dropping nuggets this morning, or this evening. This morning. That's, that's well, <laughs> let's move along. Um, Lauren, this, this next question actually is for you, um, because we know Paul didn't have these kind of issues um, growing up. How do you uh, drop the hint that you're not interested in someone? Aww. <laughs> Wait a minute. Did I? I think I just got that. <laughs> that was yeah, well, that's what I did. That's, that's yeah, that my ministry. Good. Um, I don't think you drop a hint. I mean, I think you, again, I don't know how long you've been with them, but I think you can, and it's hard, honestly, telling someone like, hey, I'm not interested, there's no way around it. Or maybe you have a personality where you don't mind. Um, but it, it's usually a bit uncomfortable. But I do think being straightforward, being kind, being gracious, um, not leading someone on, because I think that does more damage. Oh, all right, all right. It's a lot easier to just shoot straight and not to make up, it's I'm just not ready for dating, and you might not be, but if there's like a legit reason and you already know like this is done, don't like, don't, don't you, make them think just, maybe. What if you fade to black and just like, you just like <laughs> creep out. You're like, <laughs> Have you done that? No, I have <laughs> I know I've never had a chance to dump anybody. Figures. Um, let's move on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're all right. We're on the unwrap now, and we're getting. Wait, I got one. I oh. got one more part for that. Oh, so, like, oh. is it? What What about like? Okay, like I'm not gonna date you, but we can be friends. Should I just say like? Should I just say that? Like, let's just be friends. Is that worse? 
Like someone's interested in you? It's been a really long time since I dated. I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. okay. I mean, I think you can say, like, uh, yes. So just say say what you mean. Yes, just say say what what you mean mean. and don't. uh, And I think sometimes we try to sugarcoat it to not sound like you're saying I'm not interested. I do think that you can be kind about it, but just... Yes, just bite the bullet and say it. Because I do think to drag it on or to leave someone hopeful or to leave someone confused, um, actually, like, it, it makes it hard for that person to move on. And it makes it harder for that person who you should love in Christ to, yes, to, to get over you or just to, to realize, okay, this is done and I need to deal with whatever emotions and feelings I have there. So. All right. Okay. All right. Good job. We on the on ramp. So, um, how do you how do you date someone, or should you date someone that has been in a toxic relationship in the past? Um, how or should you? How or should you date someone who's That's been, been in a toxic relationship in the past? Um, I would say, like I said before, like just because someone has had something in their history does not, failure is not fatal. I mean, that is the beauty of the gospel. God is not a God of the second chance. He's the God of another chance. And I think if we look at someone and we're like, oh, you've been in something that makes you untouchable, we, we don't understand Jesus, <laughs> right? So like we all at one time, while you were sinners, while you were untouchable, while you not only were in toxic relationship, you were toxic, Christ died for you. So one, just because somebody's been in a toxic relationship in the past, I don't think they're disqualified. However, I do think you need to exercise wisdom in that. Like if they're like fresh out of something, it might not be the best thing or the wisest thing for you or for them to launch right into um, another relationship. I think maybe maybe a different question to ask towards that is, if I know someone who's been in a toxic relationship, what is the most loving thing that I can do for that person? Meaning, like, how can I best serve someone that has been in a toxic relationship in the past? Um, and contrary to what you might think, it might not be you dating them. That might might not be, like, the best thing that you feel like you could do for them. Um, but I mean, you've got No. What would you say to someone who is in a toxic relationship? Oh, get out. Whoa. Y'all seen that movie? <laughs> get out. <laughs> Please don't put me in a sunken place. Please. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> it's more so thinking like the ramifications of like if you have been in one, like you were a part no, of No, you said what would you say to someone who's, yes. who's if, in one now? Who, yes. So like I think when you've been in a toxic relationship, I think you can come out and where I think you can come out um, not believing in everything you just said. Sure. Do you see what I'm saying? Sure. What do you say to that person? Even, so he has already said this, but we made a lot of mistakes while we dated. And um, post some of those mistakes, um, the feelings that I had, a lot of which was just guilt, um, and began to believe something that was a lie, but I couldn't ever say it. I just knew the emotion. I knew the feeling of guilt. 
And um, I remember the day where I either said it out loud or I just had clarity. And my, my thought was, um, like, I'm, I've ruined God's plan. Like, I've, like, his plan has changed for me because of what I've done. Um, I think there was, like, a worthlessness to it. Um, and I think I, being able to see that or being able to say it, and then it was actually you, like, have someone then speak truth and be like, that's just a lie. So if you have been in a toxic relationship or you have made mistake after mistake after mistake, not just dealing with the feeling, you can come out starting to believe lies about yourself, lies about the Lord, lies of what he has in store for you, and having, identifying that and, and knowing and being able to either search scripture, go to someone and hear truth cover that, where I, he brings freedom and he brings grace and he brings redemption, and there is nothing that I can do to actually thwart his plan. And I knew that, um, but I needed to hear it. And so that's what I was kind of getting at. If you're in that place or you've made mistake after mistake, like wash over, like just have truth. Just have someone speak truth into you or truth over whatever that lie is you've believed in. Wow. Yeah, if you've got something good to say, you just say it. Don't try to get me to like it's trying to say it. I know you're you really were. You're a good wife, but I I'm not as smart as you. Oh, so that's you so just you just say it. But I, but I think that's good. I mean, there's like a, a listen. I am all for sexual purity outside of marriage, 100. percent But I think what has happened in Christian culture is that we have so idealized the white wedding dress that um, we, when we fail, if we fail, we, we so diminish the gospel to a place of like, I've just committed the unpardonable sin. You know, so either God's plan is ruined, I'm never going to have a great marriage, I'm never going to have a good sex life, I'm never going to have like God's best for me, I'm never, here's the thing, in the gospel, God comes for a blemished bride. We are not a perfect bride because of us and because of our activity. We are a perfect bride because of what Jesus Christ has done on our behalf. We're, we're, a, we're a beautiful bride, the scripture says, because of how he has clothed us in righteousness. Now, not a license for sin at all. Right, it's not like oh, I'll do whatever I want. I get to dress anyway. So that's that's that is not that's not it because the God's plan for God's plan for sexuality is not just simply like, hey, do <laughs> uh, just don't do it until you're married. It's not it. Like there is there's a reason there's reasoning behind it that affects us physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Like it's all. It's all tied together. So God's design is brilliant and beautiful and purposeful and, and ultimate joy is found in when we, when we live out his plan. But I'm trying to just kind of say the same thing that you said. Like that idea that like your sin in a relationship has disqualified you from future joy or success in a healthy relationship in the future is just a lie from the pit of hell. Amen, brother. That's great. Um, so let's get into some some more specifics. Um, how do you, or do you think God has the one for you? Like a specific person that is made just for you. 
Yeah. Whoever you marry, that is the mm-hmm. one for you. That's the one that you have. I mean, uh, that's that's what I think. I, d- I mean, I don't know. No, you I married agree. a great guy, so. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't oh, do too bad. Yeah, no, I did all right. Um, I, I totally know where that question's coming from. I, 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 but that's how I believe. I just believe that whoever you marry, that's the person that God has for you. That's the one. Um, now, I think, that's why I think dating as a process, as an evaluation process, like we talked through all through this series, is just so important. Um, because when you are, when you're married, you're, you're married, you know, um, and, 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 and that's, that's the person, but when you're dating, you, you're, you can, you have an out, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, even to go back to that question, if you believe, like, okay, there's, like, one person made for me, what if you get into that marriage, and you're, like, nope, I picked the wrong one. Like, I think that's a bad, yeah, I don't necessarily I don't think there's good things coming from that question. I think whoever you end up with, and hopefully you can date um, with wisdom, but yes, I think that's who you're going to be with. Or Yeah, that's why I just, th- I th- again, I think that process of evaluation is so important. I th- and I think evaluation in the context of community is really important. Mm-hmm. You know, like having other people who can speak into you because you might be like, he's the one. And everyone else is like, no, he's not, right? So it's, it's super helpful to have. I mean, that's why Proverbs says with the counsel of many, there's, there's wisdom, you know, like the, 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 the battle is won with the counsel of many. So um, I, I, I just think that that's so important. And to kind of giving it time and serving, in the, and serving together in the context. There's just so many things that should happen should in that evaluation process. What's that? <laughs> we say it again. Say what? Serving together. Yeah, I don't know. We're really on that. We really are. Great. That's great. So since you brought up the the term uh, biblically uh, speaking, uh, just got a question in. Should you date someone uh, unless you're ready to be married to that person? Or uh, basically this, should dating be on the table unless you are ready for marriage? I mean, I was 17 when we started dating, so I don't think I was ready for marriage. Um, you just got me in, like, huge trouble with all kinds of people here. <laughs> what, what, they didn't know that you was 24 at the time. I was 23. Oh, my bad. I was, see, it's scandalous. I told you, everybody. Um, here, here's the thing. I, I don't think because you're dating, it necessarily means, like, we're going to get married. But mm-hmm. I think there should be an intention to your dating. Intention meaning like this should have some kind of movement towards something. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it would be marriage. That's why I'm saying that if you remember like early on in the series, I was talking about like dating is a process that you move through, not a status that you arrive at. And a lot of times like people will just rush to that label because it creates some kind of like security that they just kind of kind of get to stay in and they're not really moving through it towards something. And so it makes people stay in relationships longer than they should be in. A lot of times we know we're done with a relationship way before we are actually sick, where we actually end the relationship. Um, so I don't know. I mean, well, and I also think dating helps you get ready for marriage. So, again, we were young when we met. 
but there were things we needed to learn about ourselves, about each other. Again, we needed to see each other in different environments. And that, that honestly helped to get us ready for marriage. So I, I think at the get-go, um, you know, I wasn't, we weren't necessarily like, yeah, we're ready. But I do think being in a, hopefully a healthy dating relationship or trying to be in one um, does help you get ready for marriage. Great. Now, I'm going to switch the subject a little bit. Should you date someone with kids? I mean, do they love Jesus? Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I I, I mean, I think there's more questions to ask, but I don't think that's wrong. wrong (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that's wrong. I mean, yeah, as long as they're not married to somebody else with kids, (laughs) that would probably not be healthy, but... Um, no, kids to me is not a disqualifier at all. Okay. I mean, I think there's there's bigger questions to ask. But what about um, dating someone outside of your religion? Well, here's the thing: if you're if you are a follower of Jesus, and I said this last week, you need to date a follower of Jesus who is pursuing Jesus and who is pursuing Jesus. And at a pace that is either, like, on pace with where you are or maybe even, like, right ahead of where you are. Hmm. Um, So, again, I realize not everybody in the room is a Christian, so that answer might not apply to you or might, you know, you might not agree with that. But for for the believer, the scripture is very clear, equally yoked. Again, we talked about this last week, but like that agricultural term of like, okay, you don't want to put an ox and a donkey because they're two different animals going at two different paces, sometimes in two different directions. And you do not want to bind your life to someone who is heading in a different direction than you're going. And it's your foundational beliefs. Like it comes through in every decision you make, in a financial decision, when you have kids, it just where your faith lies, whatever those foundational beliefs, I mean, even in a fight, like, it still comes through. So I think that, yes, like, dating someone who, if you're a believer, yes, they absolutely have to be a believer, or you're kind of setting yourself up for catastrophe. Yeah, and it's like I said last week, not just someone who's like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I mean, like, just because you meet someone at 710 and start dating, that does not mean they're a Christian, right? Just because someone says they are a Christian, there need you need to be able to see things. You need to be able to. There, there should you know the scripture says like they're known by their fruit, right? So there should be some fruit hanging off their life that says, oh yeah, they actually do love Jesus and they are are they're following him. Um, that that doesn't mean you shouldn't be friends with people who are not followers of Jesus. You absolutely should be. Um, but in this particular relationship, this relationship that's so foundational and fundamental and, you know, potentially trends towards a relationship that's even deeper and more significant, yeah, I'd say they have to be a, a Christian. We, we were at lunch earlier today, and, um, and Eli made this point of like, he was so appreciative, and I am too. Last week when you said that if you are a Christian, you probably don't want to be dating a non-Christian, and then vice versa. If you are non-Christian, you probably don't want to get into something with a Christian because they'll probably bore oh. you to death. Yeah, it would be brutal. Yeah. They'd make That's you not all, true though, right? We're, we're Christians are have fun, right? Maybe? Oh, okay. Maybe not. I don't know. Eh. Eh. They, make yeah. you, they make you come to stuff like this. 
you know, you got to do, a, they drag you to a lot of things that you don't want to do. So. Wow. Okay. Hey, guys, keep, keep bringing in your, uh, keep texting in your questions. This, this is great. Um, I have a question here. Uh, Paul, let's, 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 let's throw this your way. Okay. How do you know when it's the right time to get engaged? Hmm. Well, <laughs> when it's the right time to get engaged. Yeah. Well, okay, there's a, there's a few thoughts. Again, these are, some of these things are going to be a, a, a opinions. Um, I was pretty, like, chicken on the whole thing. Like, I was, like, 99% sure she would say yes. So I wasn't, like, really gambling on that. I don't think I could have What made you so sure? I, I don't think I could have handled it. Well, we dated for six years, so five. five. <laughs> Felt like six, Felt baby. Like six. Uh, <laughs> On the good way, I mean, just so. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. um, I, you know, I, I think if if you there are there are certain things that you need to be like ready for. You need to be uh, ready to take care of another person financially. Now that doesn't mean you need to be like rich, and it doesn't mean you need to like have your own house. Or, you know, like, be in the career that you're going to be in forever or any of those things. It just means that, like, you should have enough money to where you don't have to live with your mama, right? And you can, like, go get an apartment and, like, maybe even take her to Dairy Queen once in a while. So, like, there should be a, a level of, like, financial stability to where, like, okay, yeah, I can provide for myself and, and another person. Um, these are in no particular order. That one is actually not the most important. Um, spirit, spiritually, um, you are you're ready to lay down your life. Like you're ready to to serve and to sacrifice for the ultimate good of another person. So you've come to terms with the reality that you're super selfish. Um, you acknowledge that. And you're willing to die to that. Yeah. Um, I also think, like, I would not try to get, I would not try to have an engagement that goes longer than nine months. That's our opinion. Opinion. That's I opinion. Think, I think, here's the thing about engagement. Let's just have some real talk for hey, a second. Throw it out there, brother. Oh, yeah. Engagement sucks. <laughs> Sorry for some of you who are engaged. <laughs> it's, it's all the stress of being married, like we're trying to figure out money stuff, where are we going to live, uh, merging bank accounts and future plans and all that stuff, and none of the benefits of being married. You live in two different places. You don't get to sleep with each other. You don't, at least shouldn't be. You don't get like all like just the community. You just don't get like the uh, all like the benefit. You have all the stress. So I think prolonging that is just creates more tension on a relationship. I do a lot of premarital coaching and it's just it's always like a super stressful time for the people so I, I if you if you if you know like okay um, we've got what it takes to be uh, married in the next nine to six months or so as far as like timing goes I think that's a good timing again I don't have a bible verse I'm just giving you an opinion so you could you might think that opinion sucks but Whatever, I'm up here and you're over there. So, <laughs> Do, would you say anything to that? No, I just said it's our opinion. I agree. Yeah. yeah. How long were we engaged for? 
Ten months. Ten months. Ugh. <laughs> I wish someone. See, I wish I would have gone to something like this, and someone would have dropped that science on me, because that would have been helpful. Could have saved myself a month of stress. Okay, can I ask you guys a question? No. No, it just hasn't been brought up yet. <laughs> oh and boy. It's the age we live in. Online dating. Oh. I'm not doing it currently. Oh, good. Good answer. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> so, I'm not sure. Um, opinions? Pitfalls? What do you guys think? Listen, I, it is, it's a totally viable way of meeting people. One-third of couples uh, today have met online. That's, I mean, that's pretty significant. Um, I, I talked about this a little bit, like, in the, in the series. I, 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 I don't have an issue necessarily with online dating. I think some of the trouble with it is that, like, online, you can present a certain version of yourself um, that, that takes longer, like, uh, for discovery. And I, I think, you know, like, in the context, <laughs> going back to the community thing, in the context of community, you get to see... Um, a more like full orbed picture of who a person is like online it's fairly static especially if you're using something like tinder like tinder's been really demoted to are you witty or are you hot like those are the only two qualifiers and i just quite frankly feel like that's pretty dehumanizing mm -hmm. um you know I, no, there's nothing wrong with being hot or witty on both of those things but um i'm just saying that's kidding um, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> That's true. I, I just think that those are such shallow, like, qualifiers to, like, determine is this the person that I want to be um, bound to. But I also realize that, like, it's tougher to, it's tougher to meet people, especially post-college, you know? Because, um, you know, the further you get away from, like, school and, like, these kind of automatic built-in social environments, just the top, your, your pool of people gets um, smaller. Mm -hmm. So, you know, online, like, makes it, like, a huge pool. I mean, it's like the Pacific Ocean. There's a lot of fish out there, you know, so. Ooh. Yeah. A lot of fish out there. It, Lauren, if you was asking that question yeah. for me, um, Anybody ever seen that TV show Catfish? <laughs> so yeah, that kind of that kind of turned me off from that whole deal. And plus, I got a pretty nice hot wife myself, so I don't need to. No, um, I, I've heard of one good story. Of anybody remember MySpace? Oh. <laughs> By um, the way, time out. Uh -oh. If you're still on MySpace, oh my like God. Connor, <laughs> search Shannon Butler. Wait, are you on it? On it. <laughs> He's so on it. <laughs> He's got songs, y'all. He's got like legit songs. Sir, this is not why we're here. Oh, no. We're not here to promote Man. any kind of records. Right? It's it is it's if so there's good, any yeah. kind of record we're promoting, it's no. uh, a new single called Glorious by our own Connor McKenzie yeah. uh, for the church. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. and and, and which is, which is good, but uh, it's oh my. <laughs> He's got He's got a track called Easy to Love. On my it's space. about God. God is easy to easy okay. to love. All right, let's this so easy. This thing has gotten out of hand. We gotta <laughs> wheel it back in. This is ridiculous. All right, uh, so any about the about the my dude, space. MySpace yeah, is gonna yeah. blow up tonight. You got like <laughs> hundred and twenty hits or whatever. 
No, I, I had a I had a friend who uh, actually met, and actually I had two friends that met their spouses through MySpace, and they are that was back in 07, 08, and um, and they're actually still together, married happily, and um, so I, to me being an a, a extrovert, um, and I think that's that's an individual kind of kind of question because. I'm an extrovert. I, I just love to meet people, and and if you fit in that category, then I I don't know if you know the online stuff should be your your cup of tea. Um, but if you're an introvert and you feel like man, mean people, like that's 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 a hard thing for you to 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 you know do, and then you know kind of the the computer screen kind of gives you that uh, gives you that crutch. Um, so be it. But here's the deal: you're gonna have to meet them eventually. So you know, just be wise. Be be wise if you are pursuing it through through that that avenue. One last little thing on it, like online dating or the way that like we kind of do cultural dating. So like if you go to the bars to meet people, which people meet in bars, whatever. The the issue with both those things, I think, is that how difficult it makes for like your community, people like who should be in your life that kind of like are speaking into things that you're doing, speaking in relationship. You know, like at a bar, like everything's like really loud, so it's hard for your friends to kind of hear what kind of conversation you're actually having with the person. You know, and at a bar, like basically you're just trying to get that one like witty line that draws them in, which I feel is kind of like something that happens online too. You're just trying to stand out with like either your looks or your wit. And I mean, the Bible says charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. So those are things that are, they are uh, fading things and they can't hold up the weight of a, of a relationship, yeah. ultimately. All right, okay. all right. Let's, yeah, we, that kind of got out of hand quick. Let's, let, let's, don't let that do that. Shannon again. Butler, MySpace. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Moving right along. It's the number two, <laughs> and then I think love oh is spelled out L U V. It's hot. It's let's, the hottest track of 2000. Let's move it right along, shall we? Um, what would you tell someone? What would you tell someone um, in this current stage of life who's struggling with uh, contentment, who's struggling with the position that they're in in life right now, i.e., like loneliness or or waiting? Like, how would you encourage them in that in that season? That's a great question, by the way, and I don't, I don't want to answer it too quickly because I don't want it to be, the response you're probably, like, waiting for is, like, well, just tell him that Jesus is enough, right? <laughs> and he is, <laughs> totally, totally. That is, like, Jesus. 100% truth. But um, I don't want to minimize whatever that feeling is. And I feel like sometimes in, like, dating talks or, like, in church world, like, when, when single adults can get treated like, you know, single adults who are really, like, struggling with, I, you know, I, I want to be content, but, you know, I, <laughs> I really, like, would love to be in a relationship, or I want to get married, or I want to kind of, and a lot of times, like, there just is kind of, like, this broad brush stroke of, like, well, Jesus is the only relationship you need, and you're like, yeah, I know, Carol, but I still would like... <laughs> to date somebody, you know, and so <laughs> I don't want to just, like, minimize that and just kind of, like, paint over that or just, like, s you know, fly over that real quick because it's, that's, that's very real. Um, the service thing, for whatever things, keeps coming up. The more time and energy that I spend 
investing in or giving myself to somebody else, the less I think about myself. Um, and, and so that's like, that's, that's one way, you know, that you kind of move in that. Like there are so many things that are that that feel cliche, but they they really are true. But like God's timing is perfect, God's plan is perfect, God's is enough, and and I, I'm saying those things like they don't matter. They do, they and they're all true and they all matter. Um, but I think for a very like practical step, like when I get invested and involved in the lives of someone else, I'm going to serve them at expense to myself. I I tend to kind of like. My, myself and my discontentment tends to kind of fade into the background. I feel like when I'm idle and just kind of sitting around, like my discontentment grows. I think that was good. I think, um, too, waiting. Dating is hard. Um, I'm really glad I don't have to do it anymore. Um, but I think acknowledging, too, like if you, you know, you're trying to date and you... Um, do love the Lord, and you do feel like you're in a good place in life, too, and for whatever reason, you just haven't met someone. Um, I think the loneliness, the contentment, like, I think it's a God-given desire to want relationship, mm -hmm. which is why it's hard, why it's hard when it feels absent. And um, practically, what Paul said, pouring yourself into, into someone else, into something else, um, is a great way of doing that. And I'm going to say the cliche thing. Um, God wants to be enough for you, okay? He deeply, deeply, recklessly desires for his relationship with you to, to be enough. And that's going to ebb and flow day by day and moment by moment. But he wants you, um, maybe in this season, to just keep falling back on him. Maybe it's just this season of life where he's saying, keep coming back to me. Keep, keep relying on me. Keep acknowledging the fact that, yes, I'm lonely, and let him answer and let him come alongside of you. And that might be the reason for whatever it is. Mm -hmm. By the way, a relationship will not cure your discontentment. Mm. I've heard there are even married people that are discontent. <gasps> I know. So, again, like I was saying earlier, like so many things about marriage actually just kind of like accentuate like issues that you have it's like um s small cracks in marriage become bigger cracks which eventually become like earthquakes and so the small crack of discontentment um in your life before a relationship will if not like dealt with with the person of jesus will just continue to grow and grow and grow because you'll get that relationship but discontentment will still be there and so now you're in a relationship that was supposed to make you content. It didn't. So now I'm going to start to kind of be like bitter and resentful towards the relationship that I have. So maybe I'll ditch it and go to another one. That one's no good. I'll go to the next one. I'll go to the next one. I'll go to the next one. So we're always trying to find contentment in a person, place, or thing other than Jesus, um, which will never satisfy, right? And so you'll, you'll – discontentment also leads to desperation, and desperation leads to – irrational, unhealthy behavior. And you'll hurt yourself and you'll hurt lots of other people because you're looking to find contentment in something or someone that will never truly bring it. That's good, man. So. We, we are recording this, right, Jed? 
that because seriously, I mean, some of you guys may need to go back and, and listen to these questions. This is, this is great. This we is probably got time for like two more. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um. Oh, dang it. Um. All right. I'm gonna just because I had to keep queued up. Uh. So you guys are married and, and been married for a while. You we got, are married. Mm-hmm. You do, you are married, correct? <laughs> Legally. Okay. Um. What? In Georgia. If you have if you have single friends. What would you advise those single friends as far as having friends that are married and they're looking for companionship, but the only time they hang out with you guys is when you guys are together? So as a married couple, what would you advise the single person as far as not wanting to feel like a third wheel? Yeah, I'm super confused (laughs) by this question. Oh, if if, if you have a- It (laughs) feels like like an SAT question. If two single people are on a train <laughs> headed out of Detroit <laughs> and one married person <laughs> is on another train. What would, you, what would you advise someone who has a bunch of friends that have, are, are married, but they, they're single? Like, what would you advise them as far as uh, not feeling like the third wheel? Well... <laughs> find some single friends. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I mean, like it, it just it changes. And this is this is really what's so tough. And there's a there's a couple um people in the room that are that are newly married and you're probably like discovering this. Like when you when you when you get married, you're like your relationships just change. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't have any friends with people who are single, yeah. um, or that single people shouldn't have any friends that are that are married. But you, there's just a reality to life that, like, yeah, our relationships just change a little bit. Like, you know, when you're single, your your number one priority is your relationship with Jesus, and then you know, like, okay, I've got like this group of friends in this community and these people that I'm kind of with, and that's like how that's the hierarchy of how it goes. Well, when you get married, there's still relationship with Jesus, but then, like, now I have this one flesh. Now I have this relationship with my spouse, and that takes priority over all other things. And so you can well, – every time you add something to your life, you have to subtract somewhere else. And that doesn't mean that, like, I, I love these people less. It just means that now, like, there are priority, priorities in my life where I have to start to kind of, like, schedule those things. Not everything yeah. can get the same – energy as it as it did as it did before um so like that's not really what the question was asking question was like how do i keep from becoming or feeling like Like a third third wheel wheel. and yeah some of it is insecurity but i think just kind of open and honest conversations and there has to be understanding on both sides you know like you just have to understand it doesn't mean like these friends love you any less it just means like man everybody's got bandwidth for things and i have to I have to carve out and I have to determine energy that has to go in a place that where it's supposed to where it's supposed to go. And if I'm a married man, you know, um, my energy goes first to my wife, and then you know, like my boys, they, we got to figure that out somewhere later. But it's not going to be like it was, you know, yeah. like just because we played Fortnite for you know eight hours <laughs> before I'm married, and I can only play for like seven and a half, so. No, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I just, I know <laughs> Fortnite's a thing. I think it's on MySpace. I don't know. Really. Oh my! <laughs> um, so I, I think this this would be the last kind of look 
session here before we break out of here. Um, here's what I would like to do. Instead of asking a question here, I just, practically speaking, if you just speaking to the two people in, in, in the room, the ones who have dated, the ones who, so the people who have dated and, and feel like they kind of messed up, hmm. and, then, and then the ones who are kind of looking, like speaking to, like give some sound wisdom on those two, those two particular areas. Okay, so the person who's dated and messed, like it messed up, up. Yeah. and then the person who is like looking, looking and trying yeah, to date. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go first? Um, to the first one, the most beautiful thing in the world is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, like, grace is so amazing and so, like, just, like, brilliant, like, shining like a diamond, brilliant. And to think that you um, are either disqualified or not qualified for that cheapens it, and it speaks a false and bigger word over it than what Jesus has said of himself. And so... My encouragement to you would be not just believe the gospel, right, but, like, soak in it, like, saturate in it, like, take the giant, like, plunge in it. A few years ago, I did this uh, winter camp, and I talked about, like, you know, like, this idea. We sing that lyric, like, grace is an ocean, and um, when when I was in college and, on, and, and surfing on the surf team and stuff, uh, I loved like, like big, massive days, like where it was just like, oh my gosh, the waves are so big, like uh, there's, I'm gonna get killed out there. I can't wait. Um, and uh, and I would, t a lot of times, I'd stand like on the shore and just get like, like pounded. Like I, I, before I'd go and, and out and surf, I just would kind of stand there, and these waves like right on the beach, they would like they suck up all this water and so it's almost like dry where you're standing and then like all that water just goes like whoosh. and that's what I said at the winter camp I was like you want to be under the whoosh of God's grace it like just like I will do it again and it and it's just because it was just like it just was like sucked up everything that was like there and picked it up and just like God's just like not only is it all, like, gone, it's separated as far as the east is from the west, I'm going to dump on you just, like, the whoosh of, like, how big my love is for you and my grace and my favor and my blessing and, like, all that. And you just get, like, literally, like, pounded by, like, the ocean of God's grace. And so I just want you to sit in that and, and like, really be saturated and, and kind of, like, overtaken by that, almost like when you feel like, okay, I'm drowning. It's like way too much. That's a great place to be when you're like kind of literally drowning in the grace of God. Um, Wait, are you moving on to the next question? Nope, not okay, now. don't. <laughs> um, which actually is a great analogy. But I, what comes to mind when, when talking to someone who you've been dating and let's say you have made mistakes, big, small, whatever, um, 
when we were dating, and we again, like we made some big ones and broke up, and I think, again, like what I struggled with, um, and maybe no one else does, but was a thought of like worthiness, and it was like, I'm not, again, I'm not worthy of this type of a relationship anymore. I'm not worthy of um, a guy like this. Um, and I think there's freedom in knowing that you're not, <laughs> actually, like we aren't worthy. And it has everything to do with who your father is. And it has everything to do with the fact that he is good and he is for you. And just like you're talking about living in that, that grace and being overwhelmed by grace, like we have a good God and we have a good father and it has nothing to do with us. And it has nothing to do with if we've made the right choices or the wrong choices. We want you to run hard after him, but I want you to know like he is for you. So that's what I would say to if you've been in messy relationships. You have a father who loves you more than you will ever, ever imagine, and he is for you. Um, on this, on the second one, the 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 one who's looking. That was that the yeah, question. Yeah, currently the looking. One, the yeah. one who's looking. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll answer, but then I want to hear you. Um, again, this kind of goes back to what I was saying, like all through the series, like um, it it's the the who you are, like don't spend as much energy trying to find the right person as you do trying to be the right person um, and be the right person like you can manufacture it. Meaning like chase hard, the first relationship that you should be chasing as a single person is your relationship with Jesus. I know that sounds like pastor talk, church talk, but again, um, the things that you need the most to be healthy in a relationship, secure in your identity, secure in your satisfaction and contentment, and who God is and what you have, and secure and um, like a desire to lay your life down. And the closer you are to Jesus, the more secure you are as a son or daughter of God, the more content you are because you see he's, he's good and he's better than anything else. Um, he says, come and taste and see how good I am in my right hand are pleasures forevermore. These are all the promises and true words of God. And then um, what was the last thing I said? Uh, oh, oh, uh, the, you, you just, the, the more you, the closer you follow Jesus, the more you, uh, your life will look like Jesus, which was a life of dying to himself, right? So why John the Baptist, you know, like, he, that's why he was saying, he's like, I got to decrease, I got to decrease, I got to decrease, so God will increase. I'm just telling you, ladies and gentlemen, you want to date and definitely want to be married to someone who's always looking for a way that they can decrease to themselves. If you hitch your wagon to someone who's always looking for a way that they can increase themselves, you are signing up for a world of pain and frustration, and it's just ugly. I mean, think about that. Like, do you even want to like be like with someone who's always trying to promote themselves, promote themselves, promote themselves, promote themselves, right? Or someone who says, I, I want to find all the ways I can intentionally demote myself so that it pushes you up. And someone who's following Jesus closely, their life looks like that. Their life looks like a life of dying. Their life looks like a life of dying. And, and so that Jesus is always rising in their, in their life. Dating should also be fun. 
Oh, yeah, we should yeah. talk about that. Yeah, we've given you a whole <laughs> lot of heavy. Dating like, should be fun. It should be fun. It's, I can't imagine doing it again. But I had fun dating you. And I think yeah, you did. <laughs> um, yeah, you did. Yeah. That's a huge Pretty point. practical. Yeah, if you're dating some right now, someone right now and they're a total drag, you don't have to keep dating them. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can totally just find someone who's fun, and you should have fun. Love Jesus, and I have fun with somebody. So, cool. That's time. Well, would you guys give it up for Paul and Lauren? Hey, um, can, you want to pray for us? Yeah. You pray. No, you don't. You pray. Lauren's going to pray us out. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you so much. Um, God, we thank you for tonight. I thank you for allowing um, us to just be here and to have the freedom to talk about you and to talk about your grace and to talk about Jesus and to talk about um, how good you are to us, Father. God, I pray that if there is someone here who is um, hurting and searching, Father, I pray that you would pray that you would overwhelm them with your love and um, again just the fact that you are a good God and that you are for them Lord I pray that you would pour out your spirit and that you would pour out your wisdom unto all of us God I pray that you would teach us to love others more than ourselves we pray these things in Jesus name amen <laughs>